I'm real happy for Rick. You know, Rick, Rick, Rick said at the media days, which is like as big a compliment as anyone has ever paid me in this business. He said he wanted his team to play like South Carolina. That's what he said back before the season. And uh, for a guy that's won a gazillion games that's going to be in the Hall of Fame like Rick to say that. Uh, uh, and you know what? I, I'm not trying to say how we used to play, but his team reminds me a lot of my team last year. Just uh, a team that's tied at the hip and, and they're relentless on both ends of the field. All right. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Hey, I love you. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker, Grant Ramey coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio on a pleasant, pleasant Thursday afternoon here in Knoxville. Recording this one on Thursday afternoon, bringing it to you on Thursday afternoon. Certified USDA grade A organic fresh. We'll do it live. We'll do it mostly live. Next best thing to live. You know what Tennessee did not do live on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, Grant, was play basketball. Look alive. Whew. We've seen this Tennessee team, I I would venture to guess, more than anyone else in the media has this season. We've been pretty much all – you've been to pretty much all of them. I've been to just a few – a couple less than you have. Bottom line, we've seen them play a lot. We've seen them practice a lot. And what happened down there at Tuscaloosa on Saturday – it was almost inexplicable. Like you know that you knew they were that red hot team was due for a, a clunker, but whew, that was And bad. you were kind of surprised it hadn't there hadn't been that clunker yet. I mean twenty that was game number twenty four and they had yet to what was the stat? The previous five losses were a combined thirty points mm-hmm. and that one was a twenty eight point loss. But I mean you look at it, that's a really bad matchup for this team, uh, as Athletic as our guards are, as good as they can be. Uh, Colin Sexton is ridiculous, probably the best player I've seen this year in person. I agree. Uh, John Petty's no slouch. Uh, Ingram, all the other guys they've got. Uh, Dante Hall. down. I mean, they got big men that know how to play above the rim, know how to finish, so they know what they're doing down there. And when they get running downhill, going to the rim, and Tennessee's playing as little interior defense as they were, uh, look out because it, uh, it was crazy. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing is, I walked away from that game thinking – or, or the biggest takeaway I had was that I don't know how that Bama team lost nine games. And, and I'm, I'm not excusing Tennessee's performance by, by any stretch of the imagination. What Tennessee did was basically, as, uh, as uh, you, you might have heard on Anchorman, was kind of a, a dirty diaper, you know, covered with burnt Indian food. But, you know, that, that team was, man, Sexton is – Tell you if, if if Kentucky had Sexton, Kentucky would not be where it is right now. That's that's for sure. That guy is good. I think to to me, uh, he's definitely the SEC freshman of the year. Might be the SEC player of the year. We'll see. I know there's some other guys in contention for that. You know, you could say Grant Williams statistically. I will say this though, uh, great stat going into the Alabama game. Not sure where it is now, but coming into the Alabama game. In terms of uh, Ken Pomeroy, he does his sort of efficiency ranking and, and who the best players of the year in the game are statistically. And Grant Williams was number 10 nationally out of all players and first in the SEC. So according to Ken Pomeroy's rankings, 
Uh, Grant Williams is the best player in the SEC, statistically. But, man, Colin Sexton was really good, and that was not a good matchup for Tennessee. And when you looked at the schedule, when you looked at the schedule and you saw that it was going to be in the same week, it was going to be at Rupp Arena, at Coleman Coliseum, two places where Tennessee struggles all the time. If you had said going into the season, you'll split those two games, I think you'd be like, sign me up. I'll take that. I'll have seconds. Give me all of that. But then you go beat Kentucky and start the week with that, and, and, and you feel really, really good, and you say, maybe maybe this team, it's kind of been defying everybody all season, all the laws of basketball nature. Maybe it'll go out there and, and, and do what's basically impossible for, for Tennessee historically to do, which is go win in Rupp and Coleman in the same season. But it was just – you know, they were lucky to be within just 10 or whatever it was at halftime. And it just all season long, that team had just kind of held on when it wasn't playing well, played played defense well enough to hang in there and then got going and won the game. So I, I wrote a column about it. I was expecting Tennessee to, to do that again in the second half, to go out there and at least make it a good game. But then three dunks on the first three possessions for Bama and it's, it's pretty much done there. And I will say this, though. We don't want to harp on that game too much because there has been a game since then. But that game, I think, more than anything, showed that as soon as Tennessee lets its guard down a little bit, this goes from being a really good team to just a team that can get exposed. I mean, what what did Avery Johnson say when he sat down for his press conference? Uh, I don't think we caught him on their best yeah, day. Yeah, well, Tennessee caught Alabama on its best day, what looked like its best day. Because, there, I mean, this Alabama team around Christmas, there were a lot of frustrated Alabama fans. I mean, you, you talked about how could this team lose nine games. Uh, they lost that Minnesota game in Brooklyn. That was when they only had three players on the floor after they had injected the entire bench, and, all that and, stuff. And outscored them when it was three on five. Yeah, I bet, but they lost to UCF. Uh, they lost to Arizona, understandable. They lost to Texas. Former Vault A.J. Davis there for They UCF. lost to Vanderbilt. They lost at, at Memorial Gym by a point. And then they went to Georgia and lost by 19. And those are two bottom, you know, bottom of the standings teams. And, and Tennessee just happened to catch them on a day. Uh, you don't want to be catching them, but but when they did get up seventeen to six, Alabama that is, and Tennessee came back and cut it to twenty to eighteen or something like that. I thought it would be a little bit more like that in the second half, where yep. like you said, Tennessee doesn't just roll over dead, but it happened, and and you could tell with those first three dunks on those first three Alabama possessions in the second half that it was uh, it was over right there. It felt like it was over. It felt like Tennessee wasn't going to be able to do anything to stop them from getting to the rim, and they certainly weren't going to be able to to score enough points to match them because they're just not that great of an offensive team to match every single possession. Yeah, because that game was so bad defensively that Tennessee fell from fourth nationally to seventh nationally in defensive efficiency in one game, which 25 games into a season mathematically is really, really hard to do. But to see a team that had its identity wrapped around that building that wall, you know, helping each other defensively, their defensive rotations are like a Tommy Mansky clinic on how you rotate on defense. They're brilliant at it. It's And it's not just the second guy, it's the third guy. Like, when they do that second skip pass, Tennessee has still got help defense over there. And what that means is, occasionally they're going to give up an open three in the weak side corner because that's just when you attack, that's just the laws of basketball. You can't be everywhere at the same time. But more often than not, they're going to either force a turnover or a shot clock violation, or a bad shot before the ball gets to that weak side corner because their defensive rotations are just beautiful. And in that game, uh, it looked like Kyle Alexander, for whatever reason, uh, just wasn't ready to go inside. Grant Williams, I think, played pretty well offensively. Uh, didn't help at all defensively. 
Admiral Schofield didn't bail out Tennessee like he's bailed out Tennessee so many times this year in, in those spots. And, and the, the guard play was just atrocious. And I know that Sexton's going to do that to people. He's a first-round pick for a reason. But, man, they just – you know, Jordan Bones, one of the few guys in this league athletically, athletically, just as a pure athlete, has a chance to compete with Sexton athletically, just in terms of running, jumping. Uh, because if you don't think Bone is that – athletic of a freak you're, you're not watching the games I mean he the most frustrating thing is he just will not go take the ball to the rim because he could almost anytime he wanted to because he is that fast but uh, he he and even when he did pick the Sexton's pocket there he kind of symbolized everything couldn't decide whether to lay it up or dunk it and, and missed it and you know we don't need to harp on too much but it was a really bad day and I think it showed Tennessee exactly how it has to keep playing. This team cannot get full of itself. It cannot get complacent because everything this team does is built around the whole machine working. And when parts are are breaking down, it's just bad. I mean, that's that's the first game where, where Rick Barnes just kind of throws his hands up and says, you other guys get in there and, and see what can happen. With, with like nine minutes left. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot of basketball left in that game, and it was Chris Darrington and, and John Fulkerson and uh, Jalen Johnson, the guys you never see really for a ton of minutes. And it was Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield and everybody sitting on the bench next to him, and they wanted to go back in. He basically said, too bad, you had your chance. I was I'm waiting gonna, on Brad Woodson. I'm going to put somebody in there to see if they can compete. So you, you, if you're Tennessee, you better use that game as a humbling experience, as a we're not as good as maybe everybody says we are, maybe we think we are, uh, and move forward from there. Because if you don't, if you let that kind of game uh, beat you down the road, you're, you're hurting. You, if you're going to get beat like that on a, on a really bad night at the office when Alabama plays really well, you, use it, you better use it to, to benefit you. Uh, down the road and then Tennessee in, in classic sort of uh you know Cleveland Cleveland Indians Bob Euchre traveling back major league style via bus uh, because they were having problems with the plane Tennessee had to take a bus all the way back uh just like we did they had to live just like the rest of us folks there for yeah, one for day once no charter yeah. Wait, Ooh, no. tough guys tough guys I bet you just had to live on that spacious bus where you could still watch movies and have headphones and stuff really tough life but Tennessee eventually got back to Knoxville to host a South Carolina team that is not always going to play great basketball, but is always going to play tough basketball because that's what Frank Martin's all about. That's why I respect the guy. I love the guy as a coach. I don't love the brand of basketball, but I respect everything about that guy and what he gets out of his players. And those guys uh, gave Tennessee a fight. I think a lot of that was Tennessee maybe not playing great, but I think a lot of that was also South Carolina just playing pretty well. Uh, and I went back and watched a little bit of a little bit of tape on it, not the whole game, but enough to say, you know, a lot of the times that was South Carolina playing pretty well, actually. So credit them for that. Uh, but still, Tennessee had two or three chances to put that game totally out of reach, didn't do it. And all of a sudden, what was a double-digit lead with a few minutes to go turns into uh, a possession where South Carolina has a chance to take the lead late in that game. Uh, Tennessee just completely collapsed nearly in, in those final couple minutes. But uh, when it needed to, called timeout, got organized, got the ball to Grant Williams. He made a tough two over South Carolina's best player, Chris Silva, who's a really good player and a player Rick Barnes would love to have. And kind of over Frank Booker, too, had slid over to help. It was kind yeah. of a little bit of a double team. And, and, and Frank Martin was kind of tough on his guys there, but I, I think they actually defended it pretty well. Yeah, they had hands in his faces. He just got up and yeah. made the shot. And then so, so then Tennessee, again, symbolic of a lot of that game, was told to foul, did not foul but forced Frank Booker to take a really deep, uh, really tough three-pointer. He airballed at the end. Tennessee holds on, wins 70-67. to 67. 
it was not a beautiful game, and I think you credit the Gamecocks for some of that, but I also think you have to say Tennessee should have, could have done more. Uh, but after the way things went at Alabama a couple days before that, you know, it, it wins a win. They got back on track a little bit. They can feel a little better about themselves, and they can finally get that taste out of their mouth from the weekend. It's it's the middle of February. It's kind of that point in the the grinding point of the season where you're you're trying to kind of get to the finish line and and kind of turn your attention to the postseason. You just got to win basketball games. Uh, as ugly as it was, as much as it felt like South Carolina really just ran out of time, uh, and you know, not to take away take anything away from Tennessee or Grant Williams and, and the way they they held on and, and scored late and found an answer and all that. It did feel like South Carolina around time, but it doesn't matter. You scored more te- more points than the other team. You win, move on to the next one, whatever. It's over because it's it's a lot better if you're a Tennessee basketball fan to be sitting here and talking about a bad win than a terrible loss because oh, yeah. if, if they lose that game, it changes the SEC standings quite a bit. Uh, it opens up that second spot, third, fourth, whatever. Because uh, right now in crunch time, five games left in it for everybody just about. Uh, it's going to come down to you can't give up games that, that you had that are winnable games, that you had a 14-point lead in the second half, teams you already beat this season. I mean, you got to take care of business this time of year, and, and they do that and move on. Well, and, and let's face it, too. Tennessee is in the tournament, okay? Tennessee is in the tournament. Now they're a virtual lock by yes. everyone that they could almost go out there projects. and pee down their leg every game the rest of the season and probably still sneak into the field. However, Tennessee is going to be a team. There are a lot of teams in the SEC, maybe four or five teams that you could say are either firmly on the bubble or safely, kind of safely in or have work to do. There's probably four or five, maybe even six teams in that category right now. And Tennessee is going to be, would be, a huge win for a lot of those teams. So if you're Tennessee right now, your base assumption, every game going forward, the rest of the season, is you are going to get every team's best shot because you are a chance for them to add to their resume. Even Bama was kind of sort of on the bubble for that game last week and played like it. Played like a desperate team that was on the bubble, and Tennessee played like a team that was kind of lackadaisical and knew it was in. So if you're Tennessee, I wonder now – because a lot of people in Tennessee were hoping that Auburn would drop that game to Kentucky. And now that that didn't happen, the likelihood of Auburn winning the SEC is, it's not in the bag, but it's very, very likely uh, because Tennessee's still got to go to Mississippi State. And Tennessee's got to make up three games on Auburn because Auburn would have the tiebreaker. So Tennessee is looking maybe at best case like a two. Uh, seed mm-hmm. going into the tournament, which would be fine. That, that hey, if you're in the top four seeds, you got the double buy. You're in good shape. That's, that's the biggest thing. You got it. You you're you're straight into Friday. Yes, you're missing the Wednesday night bloodbath, the Thursday night uh, games to get into that. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. Obviously, if you're Tennessee, you want to finish second instead of fourth. But you've put yourself, you played yourself into this position where you're in really good shape to uh, win what four out of five of these last four of these last five games, and you're comfortably in as a four seed and that's the biggest deal and if you're Tennessee if you can avoid Bama in that tournament now I think Tennessee and Bama on a neutral floor would be a better game but if you're Tennessee you you want to get a double bye and you hope somebody knocks off Bama along the way before you got to see him because I just don't like that matchup for Tennessee and and maybe somebody else could could frustrate Alabama hunker him down and, and do that but basically if you're right now you wonder or I wonder if this team when you think you're competing for a conference championship and then it dawns on you with a few games to go that you're probably not going to win it, it's natural, it's human nature to drop off a little bit. 
and say, well, conserve it for the tournament, whatever. But if you're Tennessee, you're still playing for an awful lot, an awful lot. You can still be, uh, I mean, if Tennessee won out, if Tennessee won every one of its games going forward and won the SEC tournament, that team could be a one or two seed. It absolutely could be. And people who think you're crazy, who think I'm crazy for that, look at the computer models. It's very possible if Tennessee would do that. Now, I don't think Tennessee will do that, but it's something that's possible. So you're playing for an awful lot, an awful lot. And, but, but will we see that? Will we see this team kind of get back to being itself? Or here's the question I have, is the backcourt play right now becoming so much of a problem that it's a huge concern? That's, I'm, at where, I'm at a place where we've said for months, Grant, we said going into the season, we all said it loud and clear, the point guards will tell the story of this team. If the point guards are good, this team is good. If they're not, this team is just okay. And you're seeing that you need at least one of the three-headed monster of those point guards, uh, or four of them maybe, to play well. And you really need two of them to play well. But if you get one, you got a chance. But there have been a couple games lately where really none of them have played very well. No, and it's it's this time of year too. I mean, you, you go into March, the teams that make runs get good guard play. Uh, they play defense and they rebound, all that stuff, but they get good guard play, whether it's point guard off guard, off the ball guards, whatever, they have good guard play, and Tennessee's not had it. I mean, go back to that Missouri loss. They were awful there. Uh, the South Carolina nearly lost the other night. They were not very good there. I got caught out a little bit uh, after that one. Weren't good at Alabama, kind of a no-show, and it's to the point where you, you have three guys, but you're not sure which one you're going to have night in and night out, and they got to figure that out. When this team plays its best, it's when the guards play their best. Uh, obviously, it's not a surprise. It's not breaking news. We talked about it months ago. But now it's it's go time. You got to figure that out. Whatever you got to do. I mean, they got to get Jordan Bone running more. That's what Rick Barnes said the other night after the game. Why he doesn't do it boggles everybody's He's timid. mind. He's timid. Uh, James Daniel looks bad in the closing minutes. I mean, he you're you're up five and the game your lead's kind of falling apart and he basically dribbles himself to the baseline and then out of bounds. I mean, you can't do that as a fifth year guy. He looked like a true freshman on that play. Yep. And then Lamonte, you know, he's put up some big points last month or so, night in and night out, but you just don't really know what you're going to get every single night. You, you It's just kind of wait yeah, and see. Yeah, it looked like he, every time it looks like Lamonte Turner is turning the corner where you no go. Pun intended. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a horrible pun. I'm glad, I'm, I'm really happy I didn't intend that. But you, you look at Lamonte Turner, and, and every time you say, man, this kid, this is it. He's It's on now. This is the player he should be and could be and the player we see all the time in practice. This is the dude. And and then he he's not, and, and you go, ugh. Uh, Bone, I don't want to talk about it too much because I'll just say keep saying the same thing I've been saying. Uh, the shot selection drives me crazy. Uh, he could get to the rim at will, and he just doesn't do it. And, and then he pulls up for shots that I'm thinking, what, what are what are you doing? And, you know, he, he's late on passes. That's one thing that Daniel, I think, does better, runs the half court better, gets the ball where it needs to go usually, has that kind of vision, has that kind of mental toughness to make the tough pass, but a good pass. And there's times where, I, you know, Bone just drives me nuts because you have to be good. No one cares. If you're just kind of a mediocre player and you're being mediocre, you know, I don't blame you for that. You just – you are who you are. Bone could be really good. And that's why I talk about it so much because he could be really good. And I just hope for his sake that he does it. But the bottom line with this guard play now is, is, is this – this becomes a guard's game in the postseason. It's a guards game now. You can have a dominant big man, you know, the Greg Owens and Anthony Davis is leading you to national titles and all that. That that all well and good, but you need good guard play. And this team 
when it gets good guard play, could make a hell of a run in the postseason. Frank Martin himself said it reminds him a lot of his team from last year, his South Carolina team from last year. And I think this Tennessee team over the course of a season is better than that South Carolina team was over the course of the regular season last year. That team got hot at the right time and did some good things. But I, I just – to me, if you're Barnes, that that's where you're just scratching your head right now because it's 25 games into a season. You ought to know what you're going to get, more or less, from at least half of those guys going into a game. It's to the point, like you said, 25 games where what can you do at this point that you weren't doing all along? I mean, how do you fix this? At some point it just becomes broken. Uh, if it if it becomes multiple games in a row, I mean, can overreact to a couple game sample size and and go from there. But it has been twenty five games, and they haven't settled on a guy that's getting the majority of the minutes. They haven't settled on who that kind of the alpha guy is of that group that's going to do it night in and night out. But yeah, if if this time of year, uh, your guard play can be the difference of a first round loss and a elite eight run, whatever, something like crazy like that. Uh, and if you don't know what you get, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, that, that's why, I mean, I felt like for a while this team has been a team that could lose on the first day of the tournament or could be doing good things the second weekend of the tournament. You just don't know because you don't know what you're going to get night in and night out from guys that aren't named Grant Williams or Admiral Schofield or guys like that. Yeah, I will say, wrap up a couple more things here before we move on to Georgia and finish this thing. Let, let's not focus totally on the negatives, even though this team has played so well throughout most of the season that it's opened itself up to fair criticism. So this is not being negative. This is, this is saying, listen, you guys, are, to them. Yeah, you guys are worth, you guys are worth being picked apart like this because you could make a deep March run. So let's say this, uh, any worries about Grant Williams back, whatever that thing was, I don't know that he's as, as, as explosive as he normally is, but he's still back to being pretty good again. He's, yeah. he's, he was the only one of the few guys who had a pulse against Bama made was, some, Interesting the other night, the Tuesday night against South Carolina, right before they ran out onto the floor pregame, the video board showed Williams back in the tunnel with his teammates, and he had on this thing. It looked like a wrestling belt, but it was like one of those back massagers, whatever. And he was wearing that right up until the point where they ran out, and then he took it off and and came out on the floor. So it is something he's dealing with. But, I mean, if you're scoring 22 and and finding ways to lead your team and scoring that late bucket – uh, he's good enough. I just hope it's not something like a stress fracture or anything like that. I hope it's just like a muscle thing that is keep tightening up, and he's got to – to me, that's almost what it sounds like, that they got to keep it loose because he's got some sort of a pull there or something. And, you know, that I, I'll say this. People who say, why not rest him? I have as much faith in Tennessee basketball's medical staff as I do any medical staff I've ever covered. They do look out for these guys. They do not like to do things like surgery unless they have to. If a guy has to sit, he has to sit. Rick Barnes does not question when his guys tell him someone needs to sit. I think Chad Newman is one of the best in the business. And so if Grant Williams would be benefited by uh, sitting out a game or two, I think Tennessee would do that. I, I don't I don't think they believe that's the case. I don't think they think it's going to change with a week or so of, of being off of it. I think they give him maintenance days and practice uh, a couple mm-hmm. times a week or whatever and just watch his reps and – make sure he's stretched out for a game. But that's one good thing is that he's been playing better again. And then even though he didn't make as many shots as he normally does, I love the aggressiveness from Jordan Bowden in that game against South Carolina. He took a lot of shots that I would love him to take every game. If he, To me, it's like he needs to attempt – there's three guys on this team who need to attempt double-digit shots every game, and he's one of them. You could argue that Lamonte Turner is the fourth because sometimes he needs to, but you got to figure you're going to get 10-plus attempts from Williams and Schofield. You want to have that. You only had 17 or 19 in the South Carolina game, and that was a problem. 
but you want to see double digits from them. And I think you want to see, you know, something like at least 18 between Bowden and Turner. You, you need those guys taking shots. And Bowden was aggressive. And he, he took a couple shots that were even tough shots, but shots that I think he should take because I think he's that good of a shooter. And it was good to see him kind of want to be aggressive. And, you know, Rick Barnes has challenged his toughness, and he did try to put the ball on the floor and go make plays and uh, had a couple of really nice rebounds offensively and did some things. So maybe he's back to being aggressive a little bit. You know, I, I don't I don't think we can count on it, can we, Grant? Because you just never know with him. But hopefully he's starting to understand what he needs to do for this team. And, and it's that much more important if the guys on the ball are struggling and not playing well. I mean – Bowden needs to get his shots up night in, night out, regardless of who's playing well and, and doing what. But what he what he can do, I mean, he was he was single handedly the biggest difference in the first half when Tennessee was trying to kind of create some separation against South Carolina, and he can be that guy going forward. I mean, Tennessee has uh, I wrote about it earlier today the second easiest schedule remaining out of SEC teams, so he's got some time to kind of work on some things, get some kinks out before the postseason starts because of um, the most difficult parts of the schedules behind him. And I guess last thing, excuse me, before we get out of here, we will talk about this weekend's test again. It seems like the Vols have been on the road every Saturday this season almost. I wonder, when you looked at that schedule, that's one thing I did not think enough about was how many road, because road Saturday games are just tougher a lot of times the midweek ones. Crowds are bigger, Mm -hmm. more people in smaller SEC towns can get there to those games, and it's a tough place to play. So Tennessee will be back on the road again this weekend going down to the Stegosaurus, Stegman Coliseum. Play the Georgia Bulldogs, who are 14 and 11 overall, five and eight in the SEC. Uh, might be Mark Fox's uh, dead man walking tour, uh, just like Andy Kennedy, uh, who will also Tennessee will go on the road to face him before he gets. The problem out of is there. he's got a five star committed in 2018, 2019, and a top another top 50 four star kid. Uh, as bad as he's been, he he put together a nice class. Yeah, and this was a team that you know when you look at this, you look at some of these losses that Georgia's had. This team has been in. Pretty much every game. You look at even going back, San Diego State, seven-point loss. At Marquette, seven-game loss. Uh, when, uh, UMass, again, lost nine points, I believe. Uh, at Kentucky, and Rupp, lost by five points. Uh, at Missouri, lost by two. South Carolina, lost by seven. Uh, Auburn, the one tough one, lost by 12. Arkansas, lost by three. Kansas State, lost by five. Uh, you, you just you look at this, and and until the past week or so, this team had been in every game that it played. Then it hit a, a really rough couple of streaks there, playing at Mississippi State, at Vanderbilt, and then against SEC leading Auburn. That was tough. But then go down to Florida on Wednesday night, and down six with under, highway robbery. Down six with under twenty seconds left. Uh, hit a three, and Florida somehow commits a travel with twelve seconds left. And then they give up a Yante Maiden three from the top of the key. So that was a that was nice work by Florida somehow giving that away. Yeah, and that was a one that's going to hurt Florida's resume a yeah. lot. And they're top four in the SEC trying to trying to get a top four seed there too. Yeah, that helped Tennessee though. Tennessee credit uh, can can thank Georgia for that. And Georgia swept Florida this season first yep. time in like two decades. And and then which again makes it the whole Mark Fox era is like. He's doing just enough all the time to to stay out of trouble, basically. But this season, we'll see if he's able to do that. But but what this Georgia team, you know, the the Tennessee killer is gone mm-hmm. finally mm-hmm. after you know JJ's whatever twelve year Georgia career of which he scored I think a hundred points against Tennessee a hundred yeah, different th- times, a thousand career points against Tennessee. Yeah, just Tennessee killer is gone. But this is a team that has some players. I mean, Yante Maiden is 
widely regarded as one of the better front court players in the SEC, and, and this team has some players. It's not a bad team, uh, but if you're Tennessee, this is a game you expect to go on the road and win. Yeah, I, I thought Georgia would be a lot better than this. Uh, they're hard to figure out. Yonte Mayton's better than this. Maybe he just doesn't have the, the supporting cast around him. I don't think they get – they don't have terribly good uh, guard play themselves, but to sweep Florida uh, is really kind of – you would expect this team to be a lot better than it is. But you're, you're going on the road on a Saturday, like you said, in the SEC. Uh, Tennessee's been good away from home. Uh, Sands, Tuscaloosa, uh, we'll see if they can do that again Saturday because I think this is a Georgia – I don't know how crazy the crowd will be given what uh, Georgia did in football the past year and what this I basketball team has am- followed a, it up with. You I think, think so? there'll be a decent amount of Tennessee fans there. I, but, think. I mean, it's a, it's a good test, and, and, yeah, you're right about the Saturday games. They're going to Ole Miss the Saturday next Saturday, so, yeah, get used to it. Yeah, and, and just so we're clear on this, we talked about Tennessee, how good Tennessee's been on the road this season. Tennessee is 6-3 and three in true road games this season, which is really, 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 really good. 2-1 and one in two neutral, and one neutral So, when, again, when you look at the at the conference tournament resume, you know, you can look at a couple of those Tennessee home losses and scratch your head, sure, but uh, you look right now, and, and this is this team has a lot in front of it, but you got to go take care of business. Uh, in games like Saturday, you got to go be a mature team. You got to know that Georgia's going to make a run here or there because they're playing in their home gym. They're going to want to beat you badly. They're thinking, hey, if we went out, we got a chance to go to the tournament, you know, like every team does. And they're, they're going to give you a good shot. They're riding a high after beating Florida uh, in that same building, so or, or at Florida, I should say. So this team is confident. Uh, Grant, do you have any feel for, for – for what this team's going I to, I cannot look get like. a feel for this team night in and night out. I did think at Alabama, I thought it's 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 due for a dud. Somebody texted me before the game asking about the line. I said I don't I don't know about this line. It feels like this team uh, is is overdue for just kind of a really bad night at the office, like they had. Uh, they need they really need to win Saturday, and they need to beat Florida on Tuesday cause, or Wednesday because Florida's a that's a home game, and Florida's a team that can't seem to figure themselves out. They're they're kind of a mess right now. But if you win those two games, it gives you uh, the opportunity moving forward, where you can get away with splitting Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I mean, you you don't you shouldn't lose to Ole Miss, uh, given Andy Kennedy's future and what you did to them the first time. But Mississippi State is a bubble team. Uh, that's a place that they've beat Tennessee last year. I think it was coming back a really big deficit in the second half. They came back and won that game. And then you got Georgia at home on Senior Day uh, in early March. So if you can if you can take care of business, go two and zero in your next two, and then see what happens on the road. They should be in good shape. So what you're saying is Tennessee is going to win and you're guaranteeing it and you think this team's going to the Final Four. Did I hear you correctly? Quote, quote me on all of that. Quote me on, that was the one question we got, uh, the one big question we got, and three different people asked it this week, so I, don't, I can't mention all your names, but somebody said, is it actually realistic to think Tennessee could play in the Final Four? Is it realistic? Sure it is. Would I call it probable? No, but, but I, would, I would call it possible. I would say that depending on the draw, depending on where the game's played, depending on the point guard play, Yes. I don't think there's any team in college basketball that Tennessee is going to line up against on a neutral floor and say, we don't have a chance. Yeah, I don't think that team exists. I've watched a lot of college basketball this season. Tennessee's played a lot of the best teams in the country. And, you know, Tennessee can even say, listen, the Villanova was on a neutral floor. And until Villanova kind of hit everything in the second half, Tennessee was – that was one-way traffic. Tennessee was crushing them. So Tennessee should know that when it plays its best – on a neutral floor, it can take on anybody. Yeah, and and that's 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 the that's the point because they've played just about everybody. I mean, they they beat Purdue. Uh, they were up by fifteen in the first half against Villanova. Uh, who else? They they should have beat North Carolina uh, yeah. before they completely lost their minds against Auburn. They were up fourteen in the first half. That was a twenty eight fourteen Tennessee lead in the first half of that game. 
Uh, even though looked it looked like taking care of business. Even though it ended so poor, yeah, it looked like a midweek game that that they're gonna, you know, handle their business and move on. But yeah, it's definitely this this team can make a run because they've shown that kind of uh, ability. It's just a matter of what's this team gonna be playing like when the tournament starts. Who are the matchups? Like you said, where the where the games played. Uh, they need good guard play though. And, and the one thing I'll say before we get out of here, came in a little hot and heavy with the music there. One thing I'll say before we. Uh, we got out of here. Tennessee's got to stop getting too early fouls from Kyle Alexander. That's a trend that's happened too much lately. He's the eraser. He's their plus-minus leader. He's their best defender in the post. One of the best post defenders, I think, in college basketball. They need him on the floor. He showed up on a mock draft 2019, like first-rounder. When you see the upside of this guy and you watch him run? I think it was run, number 29 to the Hawks on the ESPN 2019 NBA mock draft. When you watch him run and you watch him shoot, you go, yeah, I could see it possible but he's got to stop getting in foul trouble grant any final thoughts before uh you and i uh pack up and head on the road for georgia this team likes to foul for some reason they need to stop that they are undisciplined sometimes he actually had a final thought that's awesome for once